worship team, as you saw in your bulletin. They also led us in that first set of songs, and I appreciate that very much. Three out of three of those are seniors, so you see why Todd is crying. But anyway, uh, <laughs> great job. Thank you very, very much. Take your Bibles and turn with me to our passage in Hebrews this morning, Hebrews chapter 13, primarily looking at verse 9 with the prefacing that a bit with verse 8. Now last Sunday we looked at verses 7, 8, and 9 together and we're going to come back to those today and maybe even another week uh, before we leave this section. But I, I just thought it remarkable for several reasons that we were at this particular text at this particular time. It's a great text for me to be able to share some things with you who are seniors. It's a great text to talk about where you're going and what's happening. But it's also a text that relates not just to you but to all of us. When, when, the, when the writer of this book says, quite simply, in verse 9, do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings. We're all facing varied and strange teachings every day. You're going to face some uh, as young people going into college and, and getting into the academic world more fully and more deeply that you've never faced before in your whole life. You're going to hear things that, taught directly that you've only heard rumors about if you will. And it's going to be important that you understand that this text, this text we're looking at this morning, this scripture, is speaking directly to you to be on guard for what is coming. And not to be carried away, you know, lifted up, carried away by various and false teaching, false doctrine, strange teachings, the writer says. You know, you need to understand, and we all need to understand, that we can be carried away by false teaching without totally abandoning the Christian faith. Uh, you know, a lot of times we think if someone's carried away by a false teaching, that, that somehow they have, they have just turned their back completely on Christ, and they've said, I don't want to think about Christ, I don't want to confess Christ, I want to just totally neglect Christ for the rest of my life. But that's not necessarily the case. We can be carried away, we can be influenced, we can be deceived in ways by strange teachings that do not cause us to just say, I want nothing to do with Christ, I want nothing to do with the church, but we're carried away by things that cause us to lose that, that passion, cause us to lose that, that sincerity, cause us to lose that, that commitment to Christ in the way that, that we should have it as believers. Don't be carried away by strange teachings, various, different kinds, broad kinds, and strange teachings. I mean, these can come in several varieties. They can come in the religious variety. They, they can be strange doctrines that you wander into a church and you hear, and if your antenna's not up, and if you're not grounded in the Word, then, then you may hear that and say, oh, that sounds pretty cool. I think I'll start believing that. You know, one thing I, I rejoice in you guys as you leave out of here, I know that you've been under our youth ministry, our student ministry, our brother Todd, for all of your high school and middle school, pretty much, most of you have. And I know that you have been grounded in the truth of the gospel. I know you've been grounded in the word of God. As a matter of fact, in just a little bit, we'll give you your, your study materials for the last, what, four years? Six years. Oh, the last six years, excuse me. Everything you've been through as far as world religions and and theology and 
apologetics, and, and you're going to have all that that you've been taught here in, in note form to take with you as a reference guide. I, I may have to get me one of these. That's, I, I probably need that myself. You've been taught in ways that young people in most churches are not taught. So you've been prepared to go out and face strange, strange doctrines and varied doctrines, strange teachings. You've been prepared... Uh, in a way that I wish every young person, every Christian young person in our country, indeed our world, could be. They aren't, but you are. So with that, you carry a greater responsibility. Now, I say the same thing to us as adults. You know, we are just as guilty of, of sometimes falling into strange teachings and, and varied teachings as they are. And, and I want to tell you, you know better also. If you've listened, if you've studied, if you've, you've, you've absorbed what the Word of God has taught and what we've talked about, then you ought to be able to face those. None of us, I don't think, was living in a hole for the last month and didn't see that Harold Camping and his group, uh, Harold says, well, the, the, the Lord's coming again on the 21st of May, 2011, at 6 p.m. David Kilman called me at 6.03 and his comment was, oh, no, not you too. <laughs> now, I know he was kidding. Because I know he's heard me teach for many years, seven years now. And, and he knows that, that camping was at best, at best a deceived teacher. At worst, a false prophet. Now, He's very fortunate, camping is, that we don't live in Old Testament times. Because did we live in Old Testament times beyond before grace and before uh, the new covenant, then we would be obligated to take him out and stone him. Yeah, exactly. Because he made this grand prophecy. You know, one of his followers in New York City, my daughter lives in New York City, and she said it, uh, it's all over the subway. This, this, these announcements, the end's coming. Ads have been bought all over the subway system. And, and she works for a very non-Christian group. She's in TV production. And she said even in her office, that's all people have talked about. But that's all they could talk about because that's all they've seen on the subways. They've come to and from work every day of these advertisements. One guy who worked for the subway system in New York City took out his life savings, $140,000, and bought these ads and put them all over the train systems. It's coming. It's ending. I don't need the money. I don't know what he's thinking today uh, about the money that he spent. Others, others quit their jobs on Thursday to have just a few more days just to enjoy one another and get ready for that, that time to come. It didn't come. Now, I want you to understand something. Camping missing that no way undercuts the fact that Jesus Christ is coming again. Now, I happen to disagree with him on his eschatological view of, of being uh, a dispensationalist. I'm not a dispensationalist. I believe there is a one coming of Christ, not a multi-coming of Christ. And I believe he will come in, in glory. He will come in power. He will come uh, for the whole, in the whole world in the scheme of things. But, and so I, I felt like camping was wrong even the way he said it was going to happen. Not, not much less the date. But a lot of people were, were torn about that. A lot of people were led astray about that. And, and, and that's just one example of, of literally thousands, hundreds of thousands, of false twistings of the Scripture to bring about something that can lead the church and Christians astray. 
When you get off to college, you're going to hear all sorts of kind of things about religion. You're going to hear a lot of things about that are just cultural uh, strange teachings. You know, I, I remember back when I was in college. I can't remember that long. And uh, I remember when I started college, I believe that, I remember that, that, that there was a strong belief that, that tolerance was an important thing. But you see, the tolerance of my day and the tolerance of your day are two entirely different things. There's the old tolerance, which I grew up under, which I think is correct. And that is, you may have strong beliefs, you may have strong opinions, and you may vigorously argue for those opinions, but you grant another person the right to have just as strong opinions in another direction. And you, you dialogue over those, you debate over those, you argue over those, but, but you acknowledge they have the right to say it. That's what the old tolerance says. The new tolerance will tell you, and you will hit this within 30 seconds of entering academia. The, the new tolerance says, oh, to be tolerant, you cannot have strong beliefs. You cannot believe that Jesus Christ is the only way. Why, that's bigotry. That's not, uh, that's not acceptable. So you must believe, in order to be tolerant, you must believe that your way is not the right way, the only right way, but there are a lot of right ways. And, and the new tolerance says that's what tolerance is. That's not tolerance. That is naivete. That's giving in to the, to the spirit of the culture, the spirit of the world, which has nothing to do with truth and reality. I believe in tolerance. I believe if a person wants to be a Muslim, they ought to be allowed to be a Muslim. If they want to believe that's the, 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 the truth from Almighty God, I want them to believe it and I want them to argue it with all they can. But I also want them to understand that I believe that Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. And so because I believe that, I will vigorously try to argue with them and debate with them and, and witness to them and share the gospel with them because the gospel is needed by all men. You've probably, if you read anything in Christian circles, you've read uh, in, the, in the last few days about a book written by Rob Bell. I've mentioned it here. Love wins. And the idea is that love wins. You know, God's just going to save everybody because his love is so powerful. Ultimately, it will just win. A, it'll just be a place for everybody in the end. That, that what the gospel says, what Jesus said, is really not what the way it is, but, it's, but it just sounds really neat, you know? And a lot of people are being deceived by that. A lot of people are saying, oh, that's great. We just, we, you know, that gets us off the hook for evangelism, doesn't it? Matter of fact, if love wins is right, then, uh, folks, we're spending an awful lot of money going to Peru. We might as well just pack up and stay home. Uh, we're going down there to take the gospel because we believe that without Jesus Christ, a person is lost. Without Jesus Christ, a person is bound for hell. Without Jesus Christ, there's an eternal suffering, an eternal punishment that comes, not because we think we, we want to see people punished and we, we just have this sadistic side and say, oh, we want to see people get that from God. No. But because Jesus said it was true. You're going to be challenged, young people, to, 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 to give up on, on any kind of absolutes. You're going to be challenged to, give, to fall into the trap of moral relativism and just saying, well, you're, it may be true for you, but not true for me, and what's true for you is okay, and what's true for me is okay. Let's just go our merry way. That is a lie of the devil, pure and simple. And, and it's a lie that will get you into a lot of trouble because you know better. 
You know that the Scripture is the Word of God. You've been taught the truth of the Word of God. And you've been taught to stand on that and stand for that. And I challenge you to do it as you go out into your way into college. You can subtly be carried away. Don't be carried away. You can subtly be carried away by these various doctrines. Strange teachings about the gospel. Strange teachings about cultural matters. A friend of mine wrote a book this past year entitled Counterfeit Gospels. And he talked about just some of the strange things that have been done with the gospel in our day that are very subtle. Uh, you know, the whole gospel of, that, that is a therapeutic gospel. That is, you know, we have the gospel just to make us feel better. I saw on the news this morning, I was watching a few things before I came into church, uh, and they had a, a Catholic priest on there who had written the book, and he's one of the Fox contributors there. And, and the, new, the title of the book goes against everything that I teach and everything that, that I believe to be true. It just The title of the book is, God Wants You Happy. God Wants You Happy. I, guarantee, I haven't read the book, and I, 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 I want to be fair here, but I guarantee you he will take a therapeutic approach to the Scriptures. That everything about the Scriptures is that if you're happy, God's happy. If you're happy, God's pleased. So just be happy without any mention of sin, without any mention of the fall, uh, that just makes Christ's death, uh, uh, it just validates our inherent worth as human beings rather than showing the glory of God. So there's a therapeutic gospel out there. There's a judgmentless gospel out there. You know, the judgmentless gospel says things like restoration is more about God's goodness than His judgment of evil or, our, or His response to rebellious humanity. This, this God is not... That's the love wins thing. It's judgmentless. There'll, there'll be no judgment. God, God just said that in His Word just to kind of shake us up a little bit or something. There'll be no judgment. But Scripture says is, it is it's appointed for man once to die... And then the judgment. I mean, you can't get around that if you believe the gospel. There are other counterfeit gospels like a moralistic gospel that just says, listen, God just wants you to be good, and if you try hard, and if you're as good as you can be, then everything will be all right. The church is simply a place where people who believe alike and like things can come and affirm each other and lift the standards of the community. That's the moralistic gospel. Some of the songs we sang this morning fly directly in the face of a moralistic gospel. All I have is Christ. I was running my hell-bound race, and I was, I was going the wrong direction. Everything was wrong, and then He redeemed me. Then He saved me. Then He turned me around. That, that flies in the face of moralism. There's an activist gospel that says, says, you know, just get involved in, in changing culture and, and be, bring the kingdom, advance the kingdom through the efforts of Christians to build up society. You know, we are the answer to our prayers and, and we're the answers for a better world. But it's not about being activists. I mean, I'm, I've been activists in different causes throughout my whole life. But activism doesn't bring about the kingdom of God. The gospel does and what Jesus has to say young people you'll also be challenged with a gospel that I uh, that that Trevin calls a churchless gospel you're going to be at school you're going to be away from parents you're going to be away from parents, and there's just going to be this temptation of, well I don't really need the church you know I, I've, I've got 
I, I believe in Jesus, and when I go home, I'll go to church, but I don't, I don't need church. I just, I, I know Jesus, and that's all that matters. Well, it is important that you know Jesus, but it's also important that you draw from one another and strengthen one another, encourage one another as a part of the body. We, saw, we, we, we see in Hebrews, and we'll get to it later, you know, don't neglect, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. It's important that we come in an assembly. It's important that we come as, as the body to, to stimulate one another to love and to good deeds, to stimulate one another uh, to be what God has called us to be. I, I use always the old analogy. It's old. It was, it, was, it was around when I was a teenager, so you know it's old. But it was the, it was the idea of the, of the fire. But it's such a good analogy. It's such a good picture. You've got a fire raging here, and it's burning well, and it's fueling itself. If you take one ember or one log or whatever off of that fire and set it about six or eight feet away from the fire, just move it completely away, separate it from the, the fire, what happens to that log? It goes out real quickly. It goes out real quickly. And the churchless gospel says, you don't need the church. The church is not important. Just, just you and Jesus, that's all it takes. And while there's an element of truth to that, there is a multitude of error to that. It is a commitment you make with Christ. But then it's a commitment you make with others who have made a commitment to Christ. The writer says, do not be carried away by varied strange teachings, these false gospels, these moral relativism, this, this false view of tolerance. Don't be, don't be carried away by all of that. Why? What is, what is your anchor? What is your protection from that? It's verse 8. It's verse 8. Jesus Christ. Jesus the Savior. Jesus His name. Christ the Messiah. Christ His title. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. You know what that verse is saying, young folks? It's saying you'll never grow out of Christ. You'll never outgrow Christ. There'll never come a point in your life where Christ is really not as relevant at all as all these other things. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was the same when you came to faith in Him. And He's the same today as He was then. And He will be the same for the rest of your life. The way you avoid these strange and various teachings is by clinging to Him. And clinging to one another in the body. Encouraging one another. Some of you are going to be at the same college. And, and there ought to be a good opportunity for you to gather together and go to church together and encourage one another. You know, the, I remember my freshman year. My alarm clock worked five days a week. It didn't work very well on Sunday. I don't know what it was. I'm sure it was a defect in the clock, not in me. We can encourage one another. You who are at the same school together, you, you know, call, phone call. Hey, let's, let's go. Let's go together. Let's be together. Let's worship together. Then let's fellowship together afterwards. I mean, the, you'll have that opportunity because you'll be there together. Some of you will be all by yourself where you're going. And, uh, and you're going to have to find a, a group of believers. And it may or may not be easy. But you're going to have to find a group of believers 
who will help you to grow, who will help you to, to, to be encouraged, who will, who will encourage you in your walk with Christ, and you can encourage them. The truth of the matter is, the, the writer here, what an amazing day to come to when you're leaving the, the high school world and moving into the college world, and, and what a, there's no greater challenge that I could give you that comes right here from Hebrews 13. Do not be carried away by varied and strange doctrines. Watch for it. Guard it. Stay in the Word. Stay in worship. Cling to the truth that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And folks, we have, that, we have to do that same thing. As adults, we're challenged in the same areas of moral relativism and tolerance that, are, that these kids will be. Maybe not as intense, maybe not as right at the, uh, you know, uh, focal, focal, focused on them as a focal point. Maybe, maybe we have it a little broader and, and we don't see it as much, but it's there. And the challenge that Scripture gives to us is don't be led astray. Don't be led astray by these don't be carried away by these strange teachings. Stay in the Word. Stay focused on Jesus Christ, who is the same for all eternity. Never changes. That's our key at Grace Baptist Church. It's, it's not that we, we think, okay, well, we're going to grow and we're going to be better and we'll be stronger so we won't need all this. No, we always need Christ. We always need Jesus Christ. He always must be the focus. And if we ever move beyond that, if we ever go outside of saying Christ is all I have, saying it, all I have is Christ. Jesus is my life. We go beyond that. We've been led astray. We've been, we've been carried away. He is our focus. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful to you for the truth of your word. We're grateful to you for the warnings that say don't be carried away and then then the solution to that, saying Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we know that if we depend on our own being, if we just say, oh, that's a, that's a moralistic challenge, do not be carried away, and realize it's not simply by your grace that we can stand and not be carried away, then we miss the whole point. Father, help us. Father, strengthen us. Father, I pray you strengthen these young people. We cannot even begin to think about the challenges that they're going to run into. And I pray, Lord, that by your grace, you will watch over them, protect them, and continue to strengthen them in their walk. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.